I was a flower growing wild and free. All I'd want is you to be my sweet honeybee. And if I was a tree growing tall and green, all I'd want is you to shade me and be my leaves. Hello and welcome to the Nitty Gritty Reviews podcast. Uh, I'm Rachel and today I have with me two special guest co-hosts, my dad Mark and my mom Melissa. Hello. Hello. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about the 2007 movie Juno, directed by Jason Reitman, uh, written by Diablo Cody, and starring Ellen Page as Juno, Michael Sarah as Polly, and also starring Jennifer Garner, Jason Bateman, Allison Janney, and J.K. Simmons. So now that that's all out of the way, uh, so I wanted to do a movie with both of you, um, because we've got to watch it. When this is recorded, Parents' Day will have been yesterday, so we're a little late, but I think it still works. Um, so, so I'm pretty excited to talk about this movie with both of you. Um, uh, so do you guys remember, um, when you first saw this movie or do you have any, um, I know I gave you a, a decent list of movies to pick and we kind of narrowed it down to this one. Um, so do you want to talk about why you wanted to do this one or, or your memories before jumping into it this time? Mainly because dad's always liked this movie. Oh, I love this movie. I knew I had seen it. I didn't really remember that much about it except for the very basic details. I don't think we saw it in the theaters. Um, we, I think it, we saw it as a family in Indiana for Christmas. We did? <laughs> yeah. We did? Are you sure? Maybe it was just me and Jesse, but I thought it was all of us. Uh, but I do remember loving this movie from the first time I, I saw it. Uh, I've probably seen it. This might have only been my maybe third viewing of it. Um, yeah, good movie, though. It is a good movie. I Actually, this is a movie that... Um, Weirdly, I studied in film school in one of my classes, <laughs> so I have some some associations with that. I definitely remember, I thought seeing it as a family, but um, I definitely saw it in theaters and liked it. I definitely um, have seen it since then and liked it. Um, and it's one of those movies that seems like kind of a throwaway coming of age, like, oh yeah, that's a cute movie. Mm-hmm. And then when you watch it, like, this movie does a lot of things yeah. really well. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to, to jump in and, and talk about those things. Excellent. Um, so before we delve into the grid, um, was there anything else either of you wanted to add, um, just kind of at the start to introduce this movie, or should we jump right into the grid? Let's uh, jump. All right. Let's, let's do this. <laughs> All right. And so the first category of the grid is going to be writing, plot, and genre. <laughs> there are a lot of things that I really like within this category, um, and one of the things I think is just the the themes that it touches on, which I kind of lumped into in the plot structure um, and maybe a little bit of genre cliches, tropes, and twists, just because I wasn't quite sure where to put it. But I think just that there are two two really prevailing themes throughout this this movie that I really like. Um, the first one is the just the the contrast between childhood and adulthood and just her coming of age story, and there's just constant clashing between childhood innocence and, mm-hmm. and adulthood mm-hmm. um, just the whole one there's there's more subtle things that play into that and then more obvious things um there's this really nuanced and really um just really really well done um, so i really like that within the scripts um, and then the other theme that i really like is there's kind of a, a social commentary on like the the nuclear family and you know like she she really wants for for this child like she wants a mother and a father and you know in the yeah. suburbs like she has this idea of like I want things to be perfect for this baby and then throughout the course of the movie it's like yeah but that's not what makes a perfect family like, and mm-hmm. we see it in in various ways throughout the movie that that you know it's not biology and and society and, and you know 
a mother and a father and this nuclear idea of a family. Like, it's much more complicated than that. Yeah. Um, which this movie plays into really, really well. So those are the two two biggest themes, I guess, <laughs> that I, I kind of lumped into plot structure, like I said, um, that I just really, really like in this movie. Yeah. So those are my thoughts. I went off a little bit longer than I meant to, but those, those are my thoughts right off the top for this category. Uh, how, about, how about you two? <laughs> well, it's really interesting, I think, to hear you say that because I was really curious. I couldn't figure out in my own mind why did the screenwriter, why did Diablo Cody make it so that Juno's mother was essentially estranged? I mean, why was that necessary? And I knew there was a reason, but I couldn't fathom what it was. But maybe you've kind of um, filled in those gaps for me. It, it, it makes it makes sense now. It was yeah. it was I think I think you're right. I think it was, she was trying to portray that a family isn't this perfect perfect uh, biologically related entity. It's it, it can be whatever it is you make of it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Me. Well, I mean, I loved her character, and I I thought it was interesting how, but I don't know if it goes here. How sometimes she seems so grown up and so mature, and then all of a sudden she would do something that just seems so immature, so and sure, undeveloped. childish, and yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, it's just interesting to see the play between those two things because, on the whole, she's a very precocious kind of, you know, adult bordering on adult yeah. character. Yeah. Yeah. But then not always. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> kind of how you want a growing up person to be where they're exploring their adult world, but they're not quite there yet. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's a good way of putting it. And I, re I really liked how her father and her stepmom allowed her to be who she was and didn't try to mold her into, into something else. They were just, you know, very accepting and acknowledged you you go be you 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 uh um you know you you, you be you and uh it was just really nice to see because a lot of movies you would see that there would be so much tension because you had this awkward quirky uh precocious teenager and the parents are always trying to fight against that why can't you be normal you know and they, they, there was none of that in this movie and it was very refreshing i agree I also liked one thing. I didn't quite know where to put this note, so I kind of stuck it in the, the plot and genre. Um, one thing that I really liked within this is there's um, there's the part early on in the movie where she meets Vanessa and Mark for the first time, and you know they're like discussing the option of like, well, it could be be an open adoption. She's right. like, no, 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 like, can't I just you know send send him down the river and drop him off like like yeah. like Noah or, or uh, like a Moses. You know, so it's like, you know, this doorbell baby is yeah. like her. She's like, no, I just want to hand it off. Uh, and then we do get, like, later on in the movie when she goes to their house, rings the doorbell, leaves the note, and drives off. And it's very much so like she's, you know, leaving this doorbell baby. Like, this oh, message yeah. of, like, yeah. like, you know, I'm, I'm still in if you're still in or whatever yeah. the note says. Yeah. Um, but it still very much so carries that through. Um, yeah. so I, I thought that was just a nice, subtle touch within the yeah. writing. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, were there any uh, any other notes within writing plot and genre that either of you had? I have a feeling we'll have, have quite a bit more to say in the next category, which delves um, more deeply into characters. I think um, well, I, I scored writing pretty high across the board. I thought it was probably the strongest aspect of the movie. You know, you have a category here, a subcategory of cliches, tropes, and twists. Um, I thought it so expertly avoided 
you know, the, the cliches that you'd normally see in a movie like this, like I was saying about how the parents would normally react in a movie like this to their precocious child that does, you know, strange and odd things. Um, it, uh, it, it was avoided and done so in such a, a just a well-done way. There, there wasn't a lot of exposition uh, in, in the writing, but um, you really got a good sense pretty quickly of who these people were and how they lived and what their values were and um, how they raised their kids, what their parenting style is. Um, And that was just the way it was written and the way these characters were portrayed. It didn't, you know, there wasn't this long speech to the child saying, well, you know, the rules of the house, this is how we've done things. And, And it was just done so just elegantly and very simplistically. But I, I thought in world building, it really it really set the stage for what this family is. All right. Uh, should we give our give our total scores then, or was there anything else anyone wanted to add? Did you think uh, one thing? Um, uh, the way the seasons worked in the movie, you know, they they portrayed all of the four seasons. What did you think of that? What did you think that added to the movie? What is what was the reason for that? Um. Well, I did I did read in some of the trivia, but um. That it was actually the director's choice, not uh, not Diablo Cody, that he wanted it to, to mirror the, the three trimesters of pregnancy, uh-huh. um, which I think is is fairly effective. And I think it's a, a pretty decent way to, to show the passage of time. Um, but I guess I don't have too much more of note yeah, there. Yeah, uh, just kind of... Um... I think it allowed him to skip through time a little bit where you knew what was happening and you just... The only other way you really would know was to see the size of her her baby bump. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean... So it's a good way to measure the passage of time and how far she's come in her pregnancy. Yeah. And then they continued it after the baby was born. It went, like, full circle. So they did a whole year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and showed that there was life afterwards. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was good, too, because that could be a devastating thing for a young person. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so what was uh, what were your final scores for writing plot and genre? I gave it eights across the board, so okay. I got an average score of eight. All right. I had an average of 6.2, so exceeds expectations. I, I went quite a bit higher than both of you. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> I, I gave it a 9.7. Wow. Um, I thought it was just outstanding. Very, very close to perfect. There are a few things, not really specific reasons necessarily, but just a few things here and there where it's like, you know, I don't know if I can quite call it perfect, but I think this was just a, a very strong script. And um, I can't disagree yeah. with that. I, um, yeah, I, I, like I said, I think writing is the strongest aspect of this movie. Yeah. I, and what's, it, it, am I correct? It, it was Diablo Cody's first produced screenplay. Yes, as, as far as I know. I didn't double yeah. check that, but that's my understanding as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is, you know, that's kind of amazing. Oh, yeah. I mean, she, um, won, she won the Academy Award for it, and, yeah. and rightfully so. We'll get a little more into that in the next category because I have, um, I know that's a little bit of a, a point of contention for a lot of people. Um, particularly because of the dialogue, which we'll, we'll get to very, very shortly. Um, but I think it, it deserved it. It was an amazing script, and especially for, for a first script. Yeah. Um, but even even if it wasn't a first script, it's just solid. It's very well-structured, yeah. very yeah. very nuanced, has a lot of different themes, a lot of different character arcs. Like, it's just 
it's just well structured in, in every way possible. Yeah, I agree. All right, so then, so then that's going to move us into uh, the next category of, of writing characters. And um, I, th- I think that there's a lot of things to talk about within this category, but I think that the first thing that I, I want to talk about, at least, uh, is going to be the dialogue. Because I know, um, like, when this won the Academy Award, it, it was a little bit uh, divisive. A really? lot of, yeah, a lot of people um, really kind of hated this movie because they thought the dialogue was was so unrealistic. Oh my goodness, I totally um, disagree. I do as well. Um, That's I even one of had my highest scores. Was the yeah, me too. I yeah. yeah, I think it's there. There were a few times where I thought they went a little bit, particularly with the character of Leah. I mean, I think that was kind of true to the character, so it's kind of hard to say how that her girlfriend. Her, her yeah. Um, like I think the line that always makes me roll my eyes is the honest blog. I'm like, what does that even mean? What, yeah, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> um, but other than that, like I think, um, like I remember I had a, a screenwriting teacher who who mentioned this movie and, and that he couldn't understand how I could have possibly won the Academy Award and every character sounded the same. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Every character sounds completely different. Um, what so was I, it up against? That's a good question. I do not remember. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't remember. Some people might just not like this style of movie, but I think that's a big part of it. I mean, it is. I mean, it's a coming of age movie. It features teenagers. It's a comedy, um, or at least a dramedy. So it depends on where you draw the line for comedy. <laughs> um, so I think a lot of people were just like, like, we're supposed to take this seriously, and I think people were kind of mad. That those types of of cinephiles, at least, were kind of mad that it got critical acclaim. Um, but I, I think the dialogue is great, and and to say that every character sounds the same, I just don't understand that completely. Yeah, that's not. I, <laughs> I I I think that Juno's dialogue was I think it was spot on for the age that she was portraying. I mean, I can I've heard sixteen year olds talk like that, um, and uh, the way her father J.K. Simmons, some of his lines were just like I could see myself saying that. In, in those situations. It just felt so real to me. And um, I loved Allison Janney. I love just about anything she's in, but yeah. um, it, it, this role again, she just portrays this you know, no-nonsense woman with a, uh, with a soft heart that, that, uh, um, you know, that she really cares about her family. Um, yeah, I, 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 and and again, I think that her lines were spoken with such realism. That, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a little shocked that people would hear that dialogue and think that it's not not realistic. Yeah. And I and I, I recognize that, like her friend Leah, I, I think she was probably the not the strongest character in the in the movie, and not the strongest, you know, lines. Um, it, she was a little bit more, um, what's the word, um, stereotype, I think. Yeah. Um, but uh, but I think Juno's voice was very unique. And, and That's the thing. Real. I don't think that Juno sounds like every teenager, but I think that she had a particular nuance to her character. Yes. And I think that she portrayed that really well. Yes, yes. Um, and then her friend was kind of a foil to that because they weren't just talking the same way. You know, yeah. they were different. And I thought it was a good. It was. It made her stand out. Made Juno stand out even more because yeah. she wasn't like all these other kids. You know, she was, made her seem like she thought more about things and had a different 
more grown-up perspective. Yeah, yeah. So I like that about her. She's yeah. a good character. I also really like, um, going back to Alice and Jamie's character, we're talking Jamie? Jamie. 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 They sound the same in my head. I can't hear the difference <laughs> unless I really think about it. Jamie. But anyway, um, so so the character of Bren, I, I thought her character was just um, really, really fascinating because they kind of set her up as being like the the, the distant, yeah. yeah, like the, yes. the distant cold, and then and then throughout the movie we see that like no, she is she is a mother to you yes. know, like she is, yeah. you know, she. Defense. She comes to, to Juno's defense when the uh, the tech is, yeah. is being a bitch. And yeah, she's like, I love that. I yeah, love that scene. It's probably my favorite in the whole movie. And uh, the, the, the spinal tap scene. She's like, get my get a spinal tap. And it's just, <laughs> it's great. Like it's uh, things like that. Yeah. Um, well, considering that the age and the time that they're at, I thought they had a really good relationship because that could be a real time of contention. And- Oh yeah, especially with a step parent. Yeah, there didn't yeah. seem to be any of that really. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was a really refreshing. Without take. being over the top, it was just seemed very relaxed and natural. So I, I really liked, um, I really liked her character and just the, um, I guess the mother characters in general. Like you've got Juno, you've got Bran, and then you have Vanessa. Like the three of them um, really carried this movie in a lot of ways, as far as the the themes and the character arcs and all of that goes. Um, and I thought, um, well, we'll get more of that into acting and casting, but I really liked the character of, of Vanessa and her, I guess, character. I mean, her character arc is really more of a, a shift in perception that Juno has more than the character actually changing uh, other than well, divorcing she, her husband. Yeah, she does, though, and she carries on. And... Yeah. yeah. Um, but I just love... Her character, it's like she starts off. You think like, oh man, I don't know about her, but this yeah. guy seems pretty cool. Yeah. And then throughout the end, it's like, no, he's skeevy and, and from gross. the very beginning, though, you could see him when Juno was talking about the parents and the role, and he's just sitting there going, yeah, yeah, I want to, yeah, I want to be yeah. that. And you're like, yeah. no, you don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> he may not know it, and the wife may not know it, but the right. viewer knows. No, he is not invested in this. Right. And it just goes back to that, like the. The innocent viewpoint versus the adult viewpoint and Brand even says at one point like like you don't know the dynamics that go on like you you have no idea what you're getting into and she's yeah. like what are you talking about like he's a cool guy and i'm gonna go hang out right. with him like right. there's nothing wrong with that and like as a viewer it's like oh this is uncomfortable don't do it don't do it yeah. what's gonna happen oh yeah it's awkward and it's like oh good she like this isn't gonna get awkward he's just gross and and that's <laughs> fine i mean it's not fine but yeah so, so I, but, but back to the character of Vanessa, I just, I just love that, like, she starts off being, like, so uptight and just the, the preppy suburban, like, yeah. oh, I don't know about her, and it's like, oh, no, like, she's, she's gonna be a great mom, like, she's, she's in this, and this is something that she wants, and just her, you know, and the, like, like, I, I got teary throughout the, the movie, just because her, her character specifically is so compelling and yeah. so, like... But honestly, the viewer doesn't see that side of her until they see her at the mall with that other child and see her in a relaxed situation and she's really being connected and a mother. And it's like, oh, okay, she can do this. But whenever she's around Juno, she's so worried that they're going to lose the baby that yeah. right. she's not being natural. And it's like, I wouldn't want to leave my child with that woman, but... Yeah. I- you see, just like with, like you were saying with um, with the character of Mark, like his character, you see right from the beginning of like, oh, this isn't something he wants. 
I mean, I think it's the same with, with Vanessa. I mean, you're right. She is very uptight and very like control, trying not to be controlling, but wanting to be controlled. Like you see that struggle of like, I don't want the same thing to happen again. But you also see like, there's the line where, um, I think Juno says something like, like, oh, you're lucky it's not you with the carrying this thing or whatever she says. And then yeah. you just see the look on on Vanessa's face of like, like you can tell just from her reaction that like, no, this is something they've tried to do and they cannot. Yeah. And But you're still, I think I wasn't convinced at that point that that's enough to make her a good mother. That made, that made her yeah. want to be pregnant. That made her want to have a child. But having a child and being a good mother is not necessarily the same. Well, true. Yeah. By the end, you see, okay, she's also going to be a good mother. She wants yeah. a child, and she's going to be a good mother. Yeah. But it takes a while to get there <laughs> for That's me. That's true, yeah. In That's the beginning, fair. it's like, if they've just been trying so long, maybe they should just give it up for a little while, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What did you think of, um, I can't remember his name, Michael Sarah's character? I like his character, Polly Bleeker. Yeah. I, I, I liked it, too. I liked his character. Um, I just didn't feel like he had much of that arc or that he changed much from the beginning to the end of the movie. Or yeah. I, it, it, I'm not sure he was really supposed to, though. Cause I think, well, that's true. Yeah. Because I think, I think Juno's character arc was to realize, like, like, oh, he loves me for who I am. I love him for who he is. Yeah. Like, why am I fighting this? Let's right. be together. Right. And, and I don't think he, like, if he changed too, that would, okay. would change. And he did. Okay. I mean, he did try to, like, move on. Like, he tried to go on yeah. a date with a yeah. yeah. soupy sales, whatever <laughs> he actually was. <laughs> um, so, I mean, he tried to move on and he tried to. So, yeah. I think there's a little bit of something there. Yeah, okay. okay. Um, but I was becoming a little bit more assertive because I think the reason because she had such a strong character and when she was like you know I'm pregnant we're not together he's like okay you know he just couldn't assert himself so his arc was that he found he really did want to be with her and then when she opened up to that he was ready to go I could see that you know, yeah so he had it was just a lot more subtle. <laughs> yeah. His heart and his character. I mean, he didn't speak a lot. He, yeah. He just had to kind of observe. And I think that would be maybe typical of a boy that age where they aren't real sure of themselves yet. They haven't come into them, their manhood as much as maybe a woman has come into herself, you know, because they develop later. Yeah. You know, and then to have fatherhood thrown on him, but kind of taken away it wasn't really an option for him to be a father to that child and so he just had to sort of observe everything from afar yeah really hard position like where do you stand am i the dad are we together yeah yeah and so instead he did nothing (laughs) yeah he had a mom that didn't like her and one that didn't even know that he was the father well there's that (laughs) yeah although how could you not piece it together well i guess they were just friends in the it wasn't like they were boyfriend girlfriend well, yeah. per se when it happened. So it didn't seem like he was around any other girls. Maybe he was, we just didn't see it. I don't know. I never, uh, until you mentioned it, I never looked at the Bleeker character as the father of the baby. It just, I looked at him as the the, the boyfriend. Um, but um, I guess I looked beyond the obvious. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. I mean, I mentioned earlier that this movie is is about the mother figures. Right. And I think that the the lack of, of the father figures is very intentional. I mean, except Polly Bleeker isn't really, I mean, yeah. biologically he is, but, and they even say at the end, like he was never ours. He was 
hers. Right. Not not theirs. Right. It doesn't belong to Mark. He's not in the picture. He's yeah. not not right. on the adoption paper. Like he's Vanessa as he has a mother. Yeah. And that's it. Like this is a movie about motherhood and about yeah. mothers. Yeah. Mm. So I think that that's that's yeah. natural yeah. <laughs> to not think of him in that way because that's right. not how he's presented. Right. It's, right. So this is a movie that very much so is you know it's not about biology. That's irrelevant. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. I guess that's um. Surprisingly, about I kind of thought I'd have a little bit more to say about this category because it's, it's another very very strong one for me. Yeah. Um, but I feel like we covered just about everything, unless there's um, anything either of you wanted to add for for writing characters. I don't think so. I don't know if it was the writing or the acting or what, but I I found it hard to be impressed by Michael Sarah and his character. Oh, I think really? I only, th- only th- I think the reason I say that is because I've seen that character so many times from him. He, is, he and this was peak Michael Sarah, where he yes, was yes, yes, and I think this thing. was my introduction to Michael Sarah. Okay. Um, so I probably initially when I saw the movie, I thought well, that was you know, that was very good acting. But now looking back on it, it's like no, I've seen that time and time again. So yeah. Um, so anyway, I, I, I just, I. I it, it, it colored my opinion a little bit of the uh, of the uh, either the acting or the writing uh, for for his character. I don't know. That's fair. Yeah. I feel like that's I heard that complaint not necessarily <laughs> to this movie, but like the few times he's tried to play another character. Yeah. People like people say that's one of the reasons why like Scott Pilgrim versus the World tanked is because he's like not that character at all. Yeah. And, although I people say that I'm like he's still kind of the yeah. Same, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But well, he has such a, a young look to him too that he can play that character for a long time. Oh yeah, he still looks the same. Like yeah. in the they just released. I still haven't watched it yet, but I've seen all the like promotional pictures for season five of Arrested Development. Oh really? Yeah, I'm like he still looks pretty much the same. Yeah, when was that? Ten years ago? <laughs> More, I think even. Really? Yeah. So that that's hard. Even if it's not his acting, he probably gets typecast a little bit in role. I think he's been very he's so popular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's been severely <laughs> typecast. Yeah. yeah, but I still I liked his character. I thought I, it was good. I thought it was a good portrayal of a, a not just a sweet naive uh, boy yeah, who's teenager. in over his head and yeah, just trying to get the girl doesn't have any clue how to do it. I love some of his lines though. Um, she uh, towards the end of the movie when Juno goes to him and says, "You know, you are just so cool." And what is so neat about that is it's like you're not even trying. And he says, "I try really hard, actually." <laughs> and I, I thought that was a great, great line. All right, what were your final scores? The feeling mine's going to be the highest again. <laughs> <laughs> it might be. Um, this was my highest uh, category. Uh, I have an overall eight point two. Uh, for this, and the highest in that was was dialogue. I ranked that in that. Okay. So my overall was seven point eight. I had like two outliers, so the character inner needs was a little bit lower for some reason. I don't know why, because they really did kind of talk, you know, portray their inner needs. I think, but anyway, I did seven point eight, so that's still pretty high. I do that all the time when. Going back and telling you my score, I go, why did I? <laughs> it should yeah. have been higher than that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can always change stuff. I do that sometimes. No. Well, I don't want to do the math again. So. <laughs> yeah. I gave this category 
almost perfect overall. I give it a 9.9. Wow. Outstanding. Wow. Um, the only thing that brought it down from a perfect, I did give dialogue a 9.5 instead yeah. of a 10, um, largely because of the character of Leah. I just found her a little annoying and a little, uh, I don't know, just not quite as believable. Obviously not severely because it still got almost perfect. Yeah. Uh, but I thought that the inner needs were great and that it, it explored not just Juno's, but also you know, Vanessa, Mark, um, I guess those are the main three. But uh, you know, I thought it did a really good job of exploring all of that. I thought every character, um, I think you mentioned uh, that early on, like very shortly after the movie starts, you know who all these characters are. Right, right. Um, so I thought that the character development in that regard, like you get very full ideas of who these characters are with very little exposition. Um, character arcs I thought were solid character like ability I love these characters um, and even Mark who I hate like there's a like ever, especially after having seen the movie before like as soon as I see him on screen I'm like visceral gut reaction I yeah. can't stand him like he's yeah. disgusting and yet like I thought it was one of Jason Bateman's better roles though I liked him I agree yeah he wasn't trying to be silly and stuff it was, yeah. yeah he did and he's amazing and and the writing there and especially because like the first time I saw it I remember thinking, like, this could get a little weird, but it won't. Like, she's a 16-year-old pregnant girl. How yeah. awkward can this get? And then by the end of the movie, it's like, oh, no, he, I, my God, I think was right. He was gross the whole time. Yeah. When he started dancing with her, I'm like, really? Are oh, yeah. Me? Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's, it's awful. And then when he's yeah. like, you know, like, how do you see me? Like, how do you think she sees you? She sees you like a dad. Yeah. Like, yeah. what did you think? You're yeah. an old guy. Yeah. Um, so I just love that that character development, and especially, and I think the older I get to, the more I'm like, oh, the signs are there all along. Yeah. Whereas, I mean, I was, how long ago was this? A little over 10 years ago. So I was like early 20s when I first saw this movie. And so I still, I was still an adult. And I still. To be fair, I don't think she walked in the house and he's like, I got to get me some of that. I think, you oh, know, no, it developed still. with them sharing interests and he was getting further away from his wife and it was. Yeah. A natural yeah. bad progression. It was such an interesting contrast to watch and how he it became increasingly evident that he was moving further away from his wife and they didn't share the same goals, same interests. I mean he his he had his, you know, essentially a closet where he got to keep his stuff and and, that was um, and then along Gino comes so along yeah. comes this girl that has all of these same interests as him. And, you know, there's his twisted brain started, you know, shifting away, even more away from his wife and started becoming attracted to this girl. Um, I thought, you know, no, I'm <laughs> to be very careful in talking about this because I don't want it to seem like I'm, I'm, I'm standing up for this scumbag. But he, um, the way it was written and the way it was portrayed it, again, it was very realistic. You could see yeah. how this could happen. You could see the justification going on in his brain. Right. Um, so I, I thought it, that was really well done. Um, because like you say, it, it, at first glance, it's like, why would anybody do that? How stupid can you be? But you start reading in between the lines and, and realize the uh, scenario that he was living his life. And it was, it was I, I thought it was really well done. Uh, to yeah. portray this skeevy thing in, in um, um, realistic terms. Yeah. And I also think it's it's interesting, um, going back to what you said, Mom, about, um, I just had it in the analysis, oh, that like he, he didn't, you know, the first time she comes over, he, he wasn't thinking that there was anything wrong. 
And yet, as soon as Vanessa comes home from that first, the first time she comes over, yeah. his reaction is, yeah. you gotta go. Yeah, yeah, you gotta leave. Don't let her see you. Yeah. It's like, whoa, why yeah, 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 not? Yeah. And it makes me wonder, um, like, what happened with the first adoption that fell through? Like, did something happen there, too? Because the, and this could be completely reading into it. But, like, when Juno comes out of the room crying and Vanessa sees her. What did you do? Yeah, she yeah. looks at Mark and goes, like, what did you do? And, like, the way she delivers it is, like, this is not the first time this has happened yeah. again. And, and maybe it's it, interesting. And yeah. it might not have been the same. Like, maybe he just talked the other person out of yeah. it somehow. Like, maybe it was, like, like, are you sure you really want to do this? Okay. Yeah. Like, like I'm yeah. not saying it was, like, a, a romantic thing in that case. Yeah. Yeah. But it does make you think, like, like what happened with that first, yeah. with that first person? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's a lot of, of, of subtle things going on with character development too where like we don't get the full story and what when um, Juno first tells me I saw you in a penny saver and the, and Vanessa's like a penny saver so do you think that she left the husband in charge of like putting up the the notice and he put oh. it there because he didn't really want anyone to see it that could oh, be oh that makes sense yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. or if he was trying to attract a certain type of he's like I thought we were gonna have time and here it is two weeks later yeah. we got a pregnant girl yeah. you know <laughs> right yeah all right so I think since, since we already gave our final scores and all that and I think it's uh time to move on to acting and casting yes. yes all right um so this category I I really like this one I think I I have a lot to say but I won't say it all at once because then it'll just be me talking the whole time but <laughs> I thought Jennifer Garner did a did a really good job in this movie and I went into this movie being like I'm not a big Jennifer Garner fan. I don't know if I, like, I don't remember if I like her or not. And then I was looking at her IMDb page. I'm like, I've hardly seen her in anything. Why do I feel like I don't like her? Because um, I thought she was phenomenal in this movie. She, I, I'm, like I said, I'm normally, I feel like I don't think she's a, that great. <laughs> but I thought just like, just her, like, her facial expressions even more so than her, her delivery. Like, you just see so much... Um, just below the surface, just based on on how she reacts. I just I just really um, and, and Ellen Page especially, um, especially for her age, um, was also phenomenal. Um, so the two of them um, and, and and everybody. I mean, this is just I I really liked this category for this movie. This was one of my um, highest. Also, I thought it was very well cast. I mean, everyone was believable and did a good job and worked well together. I thought it was good. The only one I didn't really have anything for. Was the secondary casting and the extras because I, yeah, I don't know if I just didn't really notice them, so they were probably fine. But <laughs> yeah, like extras are always hard because like you're not really supposed to notice no. them. I mean, you figure so. they were at school and there must have been tons of extras like in school and on the football field, but they were just in the background doing their little extra things. And <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's really casting. Yeah, I had trouble <laughs> remembering cast. where the extras were in this movie because it was such a small, confined. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so yeah, I, I kind of dinged it a little bit on extras, uh, just that category because I couldn't. I thought, well, yeah. I mean, there were some of the abortion clinic, I guess, those were the extras. And uh, those were extras that usually, but they're considered. They don't have speaking lines, right? Right. Yeah. But the, the kids and the other people in the waiting room didn't have lines. Yeah, none of them had lines. They were the extras. The uh, track team and mm-hmm. Poly, they were the extras. Yeah. People in the bleachers. I mean, they did fine. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just wasn't like 
Oh, I love those actors. But the, the main characters I thought were fantastic. Who, who do you think was the strongest uh, actor? Jennifer Garner? Oh, no. It had to be Ellen Page. I mean, it's hard because she's the lead, so it's easy to, to pick her. I, I would say, say, Allison Janney, too. Um, yeah. I thought she was, and even J.K. Simmons, who hardly had, like, he really was not in the movie. Uh, like, I think he was in it even less than, than Allison Janney, who also wasn't in it very much. But every line um, he delivered was so good. It was so good. Yeah. Yeah. I had heard, too, he had, um, he had read the script, and I don't think he—I don't know how he got a hold of the script. I don't know. I don't think he was offered a part in it. He just he, Ice's agent got him the script, and he he was like, "I'll play, I'll play the teacher who has no lines. Give me, give me any role." Wow. Like he was so impressed with the script, he just wanted to be a part of it. Yeah. Um, I just thought that was interesting. I that doesn't add much, but yeah, yeah. Um, he's interesting too because he does a lot of different things, and he's. Pretty much always good in whatever he's in. Yeah, he's, oh, yeah. he's phenomenal. Yeah, I, I have to give it to Ellen Page. She she did a really great job. How old was she when she made that movie? She looked a little bit older than 16. Yeah, I want to say she was pretty close to 18. I'm sure she was at least 18 because they yeah. almost never actually cast teenagers. Yeah. I would think they'd want the main character at least 18 if possible because... Oh, yeah. For, work especially, <laughs> especially for an indie movie, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, I did think this is another. I'm not sure what this adds, but I thought it was interesting. Um, Jennifer Garner. So because this was, I mean, this was a a very low budget, very indie film, and they really didn't think it was gonna make that much money. And so Jennifer Garner actually offered instead of taking like a, a salaried amount. Yeah, she's like, I'll just take a percentage of the profits because like she believed in the script, just like with with J.K. Simmons. It was her it, her biggest paycheck to date. Oh my god! Because <laughs> it made such a profit. Yeah. Um, it was actually the first Fox Searchlight film to make over a hundred million dollars. Um, wow. So yeah, it did really good and took everybody by surprise, um, including yeah. Jennifer Garner. I'm sure <laughs> she was not expecting that. Yeah. So I just thought that was interesting. That you probably also yeah. read that of the five uh, nominated for best picture, it was the highest grossing film. Yeah. Those five. So. I think the only um, the only real complaint that I have within this category. Um, and this might be be verging into nitpicking territory, but it bothered me enough that I I noted it. Um, Polly's mom, Polly Bleeker, his his mom was not good. Um, I, yeah, her line deliveries were pretty awful. Uh, she was she, she maybe was had two lines, but she was in a couple of scenes. There was this I think she was in like three scenes total, and each time it's like. Oof. I think that you, you know how I feel about her. <laughs> like she's like a robot. Yeah. I feel I feel bad picking on people, and I don't mean to, but her performance. I thought that good. was um, you know, all the realism that I felt was in the script that did not feel real. Her, her, that character. And yeah. It is like I said, I think two or three lines in the whole movie, but it's like who would. Who would just walk away from their son after trying to engage in a conversation that is that you clearly care about, and yeah. she just walked away? And I, why, why would you? They needed right. a little exposition about why did she not like her? Because they were just like friends and stuff. Was it just because? Well, they she made was she made one comment. She says she's just different. Yeah. And and I don't think she could accept her. 
her precociousness and her peculiarities um, mm. as much as other characters in the movie could. Yeah. Well, and especially, I mean, I think it's important to remember, too, that this movie takes place in the, the Midwest. I forget where exactly it takes place. Um, it was filmed in Vancouver. Um, I don't know yeah. if it was supposed to take place there. I want to say, is it near <laughs> St. Cloud? Why do I feel like that name was mentioned in the movie? Yeah, that sounds familiar. We had real trouble placing the time period. So we obviously looked up that it was made in 2007, but there were a lot of conflicting things. Like, oh, that looks like the 80s. Oh, that looks like the 90s. Oh, they made a reference to something that was later. It was... um, I'm pretty sure it was supposed to take place in 2007, but there's things like like the minivan that she drives. Like, they stopped manufacturing in the early 90s. Yeah. Um, But they used it because... And I think this is why... Maybe this is why St. Cloud is in my head. I think one of the pieces of trivia that I read is that, like, in 2007, that particular minivan was still really popular. That one was popular for a long time. You usually give the old car like that to the teenager. To the teenager, exactly. But I guess it's like every teenager in Minnesota <laughs> or Michigan. I don't remember where it said. Um, but I guess it was really popular there. So there's things like that. And there's no cell phones used. Yeah, um, no cell phones, which always... I, I, I think that's a conscious decision by the uh, directors to not use a cell phone because as soon as you put technology in a movie, it, it, dates, it dates it, it immediately. It year, practically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. so it does make it a little more timeless because you just couldn't really button down and they're playing older music, but obviously he still liked it and she was liking some of it. I don't know. It was, um, we went through the whole movie like, why did this take place? <laughs> yeah. It was kind of disorienting in a little bit. I mean, yeah, it's timeless, but it's also like and the, the like the the clothes that the track team wore. Yeah, that was like, like out of that's, the seventies. That's out of the seventies. <laughs> like, yeah. So it was a little bit distracting. In the two thousands, who would ever put boys in those shorts? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they kind of had a grunge look, like it was the nineties. I mean, it's very interesting. I wonder what the rationale was behind that. I think a big part of it is just the Midwest, because like Diablo Cody grew up. So I just keep saying the Midwest, like it's actually a specific <laughs> place. I know it's a very big part of the country, but I know she grew up somewhere in there, and I think this was very much so based on her. her. Yeah, I mean, not her, her life, obviously, but her, like, that, like, like I've heard her talk about, like, oh, I just wrote the characters to talk the way I talk. Like, so that's, like, based the dialogue, at least, on the way she talks. And I think a lot of the details like that are just based on, like, her hometown Maybe that's St. Cloud. I don't know why St. Cloud is stuck in my head. Um, I think, like you said, it, it had to do with uh, the minivan and how it was popular in this town. And I think we read that in the trivia. All right, well, we're getting um, pretty far <laughs> off topic, dipping into into aesthetics, which is still a bit a ways. Was sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> so there anything anything else either of you wanted to add for acting and casting? Nope. All right. Uh, what were your final scores then? Well, my, looking back on it, mine is a bit lower than I think it deserves. But it did get dinged because of extras. I couldn't warrant giving extras anything higher than a five. Um, so, but my overall score for acting and casting was seven. Okay. Yeah, I know. I, I feel bad. <laughs> I think it probably deserves maybe an 8, 8.5, maybe a nine. Mine was 8.95, so. Okay. 
That's very specific. Well, you did math. Yeah. I was averaging stuff, and that's what I came out to. <laughs> did you fill out all five categories? No. Okay, that's what I thought, because you shouldn't get that specific of a decimal. Um, yeah, but, I mean, I, I did think that the acting and casting was really good, except for the extras, and I just didn't rate that because I didn't. <laughs> well, I didn't see it. It wasn't good or bad. It just didn't. When I was doing it last night, I didn't really even remember extras. I'm remembering them more now. But yeah, yeah. I, could, I couldn't think of them last and night. Yeah. And I thought they were fun. Yeah. <laughs> they did their job. <laughs> All right. Well, I gave uh, acting and casting a little bit lower than the than the writing categories, but still quite high. I gave it a 9.3 out of 10. Um, overall, which is outstanding. Um, I did give, I gave extras 8.5 out of 10, which was um, tied with line deliveries for the lowest. Um, and I, I pretty much rationalized it as, um, like, it, it seemed like the high school students looked like high school students, which I feel like, um, even though there weren't many of them and they weren't that noticeable, um, that in and of itself is kind of rare. Usually you get, like, why yeah. are there so many 25-year-olds in right. school? <laughs> um, so it seemed like, like they actually looked like that's true. High school yeah. students. And it seemed like there was a little bit of diversity there, um, which was nice to see as well. Um, although now that I'm saying that, I don't know that that's accurate. Um, you know, one that probably was an extra that did a good job was that one kid that Juno said liked her. And then there's the one guy that likes me. Oh, yeah. And they showed him twice and he never said anything. So I'm assuming that would make him an extra. He was really good. I liked him, too. Yeah. yeah, the jock who looks disappointed at the end. Yeah, oh, the yeah, end. yeah, yeah, yeah. When she's cool. kissing Michael Sarah. Yeah. Like, hmm. yeah. <laughs> so she was right. So she was very good at discerning character most of the time. But Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> All right. Um, so that's going to bring us to the next category, which is going to be cinematography and lighting. Um, and this one, this is one of those examples where I'm just kind of like, everything looked good. Everything looked about how I expected it to look. Um, I still gave it above, um, yeah, I gave everything either a seven or an eight in this category. So it still exceeded expectations. I thought everything looked, looked really good and, and did its job really well. Um, but nothing really went above and beyond to the point that I could call it outstanding or was certainly not perfect. Um, but yeah, I really don't have have too much to say within this category overall. I just thought I thought it looked really nice. It did some suddenly again going back to the trivia, which I now know you read. <laughs> uh, you know, they filmed the movie in 31 days, and uh, but had to cover four seasons. So yeah. they did some tricks of uh, the camera in order to portray different different seasons, and I, I did start to notice that, especially in the I think it was in the autumn. And then in the winter scenes, uh, in the autumn, everything had this warm tone to it, at least from my perception. Um, and um, even even the indoor scenes, it was it was you know a little bit more oranges. And then in uh, the winter scenes, things had a, a slightly blue tint. And I thought that was nice to portray the mood and the and the season and the help with the storytelling. Okay, yeah. Is this one that you didn't fill out? No, surprisingly, I filled out most of them, okay. um, but kind of along the same lines as you, as I thought everything was well done, and I thought it did help with the storytelling and the mood because it helped with the seasons. You know, they didn't do any funky lighting where you're like, why is everything so blue or gray? I mean, you know. It was subtle yeah. enough, but no. Yeah, so it was real, yeah. so that yeah. goes to the realism that it 
just made it feel like you were in this town and you were going through her life and you're inside your inside you're outside your outside. you know I, I i just felt like it did a good job all right i did give i gave realism one of the highest realism and overall lighting uh, both of those i gave an eight and everything else was a seven um for largely the same reason i thought the mm-hmm. the realism was particularly well done it just mm-hmm. felt like you were there in yeah. a lot of ways yeah well, that was a quick category. <laughs> um, anything else anyone wants to add? I don't think so. All right. Um, so my total, I only gave it a, a 7.4. I say only. That still exceeds expectations. <laughs> it was still strong, um, but certainly not as strong as, as the categories we've seen so far for me. For you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I gave it overall a 6.6, where I rated uh, most, everything was 7. Um, a couple of 6s in there. So 6.6. And mine came out to a seven, seven point seven six. <laughs> I was getting into the numbers and the decimals. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. The one with you and Brian, he likes some decimals too. Yeah, I noticed. Yeah. <laughs> if you're gonna do it, you got to. I like it. I approve. Although he still filled everything out. All right, so that's gonna bring us then to cinematography, camera work. Um, my thoughts are pretty similar to the lighting on this one. I thought there was a lot of um, fairly subtle camera movement that I thought added a lot to the to the storytelling. Um, and the mise-en-scene throughout was, was nice. There was a lot of symmetry, which I'm a sucker for. Um, so things like that I thought were just aesthetically pleasing. Um, and other than that, there wasn't a ton else of note. Um, similar with lighting, everything looked good. Everything was well done. Um, but nothing pushed into like the outstanding range or anything. Um, but I thought it was still solid and still helped helps to tell the story overall. I always have an issue with being critical of cinematography in general because it's it's one of those things. I don't have the the background, the experience to understand what makes good cinematography and what it makes it bad. So it's all about what you what you notice and. With cinematography, it's if it's done well, you don't necessarily notice. It just you yeah. just watch the good movie. If it's done poorly, you 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 notice that. So um, I can't tell you if it was done extremely well or if it was just done well because I I, I there was nothing that really stood out. Um, anyway, cinematography is always a challenge for me to to read. I'm not a photographer. I'm not a yeah. I don't really know what to look for. Yeah, I'm going to say the same. I didn't actually mark anything on this one because... Nothing. You are a photographer. Okay, and when I do photography, though, it's more about the lighting and the composition, and the camera work is more about the movement stuff, and I don't do that kind of stuff. And Same as Dad is I don't even notice it. I think the only thing I've ever really noticed of camera work on was that camera roll, it's called. The movie with... um, What's the one that they did all in one giant shot? Birdman? Yes. Oh. And like halfway through the movie, I'm like, wow, they are not cutting it. You know, so it was so phenomenal that I even noticed it. <laughs> That's the only one I can think of where I've like, oh, look at that camera work. You know, you were talking about Dutch angles and stuff one day, and I still don't know what that is. And I <laughs> don't know if I would notice it. Wow. I'd have to be sitting with you and you could show me that is a Dutch angle. Yeah. So I'm just. There, there were no Dutch angles in this one. See? <laughs> <laughs> I know, just, what, I know what it did. I'm just, I'm just kind of <laughs> ignorant about it, and so it didn't, um, nothing stood out to me. I'm sorry. All right, that's fine. All right, well, then I guess it's just you and me, Dad, for the, for the final scores, unless there's anything else you wanted to add. No, I don't think so. 
So I gave it a, a 7.5 overall. Um, so I actually got slightly higher than lighting for me and, and does still exceed expectations, um, but nothing extraordinary to, to push it into, like I said, to push it into the outstanding range. Right. I gave it a 6.6. So yeah. Not a point lower than you, but uh, I think we're in agreement. Sounds good. All right, so then that's going to bring us to the editing and special effects. Um, and I think the the weirdly for, for a movie like this, the biggest thing of note for me was the special effects. Uh, largely because I, I really love the, the opening title sequence that, that's animated and then the, the title cards throughout that, that announced the seasons. Yeah. Um, I just thought that was, I mean, it, it, it's visually appealing. It makes the credits interesting. Um, and it also gives it like this, a, a playful vibe that, that goes to, to like what I was saying at the beginning of yeah. like this, this contrast between childhood and adulthood. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just thought that it, it worked really well thematically and it was just aesthetically pleasing. Um, so I gave, gave special effects an 8.5 out of 10, which was by far the highest in this category. Um, just because I, I really liked the, the use of the animation. Yeah, I love the animation. I thought it was yeah. really cute and charming and fun to watch. Um, and it and it set the tone uh, for the rest of the movie right away, I think. Uh, Absolutely. It did it really well. See, if Dad hadn't pointed it out, I wouldn't even have noticed the animation. And then when he did, it's like, why are they doing cartoons? I did not. It didn't. I didn't like it. No? Oh, you didn't like it. But I think that's just my aesthetic, probably. No, this is weird. Why are they doing this? Huh. I didn't get it at all. Okay. And I didn't well, you're wrong. <laughs> and I didn't even realize that that was like special effect because I didn't put anything down. I didn't, crazy. I, I, I didn't consider it a special effect. I'm not quite sure if that's necessarily the right terminology for it, um, but that's just where I where I stuck it. Um, well, I think yeah. it is. It's, a, it's an effect, and it's something they obviously did. So I think you're right yeah. in putting it there. But I think that's funny that I just I had a totally different yeah. reaction. <laughs> I had a feeling you wouldn't like it, and it's gonna. This is gonna tie in with the next category. But I knew from the second the music started, I was like, Mom's gonna hate this music. I um, thought the music though was interesting, and okay. Um, I mean, it's not something I would sit and buy the soundtrack to, but I thought it was... Which I did. <laughs> <laughs> but I liked it in the movie, and I thought it fit yeah. her with her personality, and then, like, when they were singing at the end, so I just totally jumped ahead, but... That's okay. Um, I, I started it, so... Yeah. <laughs> and I actually kind of liked the music, I found it. Okay. And the music charming. I, I love As the opposed music. to the animation. <laughs> okay, so it wasn't, it wasn't the music and the animation that made you... It was strictly the animation you didn't like. Yeah, I'm just... Huh. A cartoon kind of gal. Well, that is very true. (laughs) That is very true. Even as a child, I didn't like cartoons. My brother would watch them every Saturday morning, and I was like, why? 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 All right. Yeah. Opinionated from a young age. Yeah. I like more adulty ones now that, you know, kids' cartoons and stuff. I thought in the editing category, there were some really interesting quick cuts to. Uh, pictures or images oh, uh, yeah. as they were talking about things. We should talk about our favorite bands. They would cut to pictures of them. I thought that was that was kind of neat. Uh, I liked that too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I love. But they didn't go saw. overboard with it, so that it became this whole other different kind of movie. Right. Um, but it was just. It was. I think it was mostly maybe only done when she was speaking. 
Um, I think so, yeah. Yeah, which kind of fits in with her character. But, um, I, I, I like that. I like that. Yeah. Not, not a lot to talk about in terms of camera movement or um, special effects uh, for me. Yeah. I did like there were some things um, that were pretty subtle, like one moment that I really liked uh, that I thought was an interesting choice because it was, as far as I can remember, the only time they did this in the movie which normally I wouldn't like, but I thought it worked really well, um, is there's the scene where she sees Vanessa at the mall, and then she's like, oh, the baby's kicking, and she, you yeah. know, she touches her stomach, and then she starts talking, and the baby starts kicking. It's like this great moment where she's like, like you can see that she's like, like, oh, that's my baby. I can feel my baby yes. kicking. And it's, it's a really beautiful scene. Yeah. And then it just like fades to black and lets you like sit with the, with the weight of that scene for a moment. Um, but I thought was just a really great touch, because oh. they could have easily just... Like, like they do throughout the whole rest of the movie, just cut to the next scene right. and keep going. And right. it gave us a moment to be like, no, this is important. This That's is a, Yeah. Yeah. So I, I thought that was a nice, um, really one of the only things I noticed <laughs> within editing other than the animation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I really like that. that they, they give us that moment. Like this, 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 it, this was emotional and this was right. important to the, to the movie. Right. Sit with it for a sec. Right. Right. So I thought that was nice. I also really liked the editing um, when she's at the clinic and she's you know thinking about the the fingernails yes, yes, and see all the yes. all the different cutaways. That was actually in one of the textbooks that I read. They used that scene as an example of editing. <laughs> and like just oh really? The, okay. Yeah, just all the I don't know. It's just a, a very very well paced and the camera movement plays a plays a big part in too. Right. There's a lot of like zoom in and then quick cuts and there's the sound design as well it's it's a great scene i really love that scene because there's so many different ways to portray the awkwardness and the anxiety of a situation like that and the way that was done it was it was very quick but it was very clear what was going on in her brain uh and uh it was it was just played out so well yeah all right and i think that's that's about all I have for, for this category. Yeah. Um, anything else? Anything else you want to add? Or, or mom, I know you didn't fill it out, but if there's anything you want to add. Um, I got a, a 6.8, a little bit higher on uh, storytelling and the pace. I thought the pace was really good. I, I don't know how much editing has to, I suppose, it, I'm not sure how much editing plays into that, but. Uh, um, we I had thought, pace on another category too, and I thought. Yeah, in the writing, there is a pace. Kind yeah. Of, so. yeah. But yeah, I um, yeah, I, I, I gave it a 6.8 overall for editing. All right. I gave it a 7.3. Uh, okay. Not not too much higher than yours. Yeah. yeah. Um, exceed the expectations. I thought it was <laughs> it was solid. Really well done. I liked it. Yeah. All right. So then that's going to bring us to the next category, which we kind of started to talk about a little bit. Um, and that's going to be the sound. Um, so we started to talk about, about music a little bit, which I think is, is easily the, uh, easiest thing to talk about within this category, especially for this movie. Um, I, I was kind of surprised, Mom, to hear that you liked it, because I know you particularly dislike that kind of folksy pop type music, um, which I tend to gravitate towards. Um, we have very different tastes Well, like music. I said, I wouldn't be playing it in the car, but I thought it fit the movie well, and I thought it fit her. I, yeah. Um... And it was it was happy and I don't know I just I liked mm-hmm. it in the movie. Yeah, it was it was yeah it was happy. I think I, I, that's really the best description of it. it was hopeful. It was um, 
optimistic. Uh, and was some it, of it was quirky. It was kind and, of quirky. and it was quirky, yeah. which all which fits her. her character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was, uh, that was it, I loved the, the soundtrack. I thought it was really fun. I do too. It's actually, um, I'm sure you read this in the, in the trivia as well, but um, Ellen Page was actually the one who suggested, she's like, I think Juno would listen to this music. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah. yeah, we agree. And ended up getting um, Kimia Dawson and, and Moldy Peaches to do the whole soundtrack, which I think is just oh, wow. phenomenal. Yeah. That's cool. Um, so I thought that was neat. And, and she was right. Like, it really fit. If it's the character, if it's the movie, if it's the tone, like, it's just... Um, I was going to say it's perfect, but I gave it a 9.5, so it's not <laughs> quite perfect, but very close. <laughs> for for score and soundtrack? For Yeah, just for the yeah. score and soundtrack yeah. subcategory. Yeah, I gave it a 9. I, I oh. yeah, that was really, really good. Yeah, me too. Um, and even aside from that, I thought that the the sounds, um, just as far as like the sound design and sound mix and all that, I thought it was was pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Um, like I kind of started to say with the last one, like the, the fingernail scene where you just hear like the steadily getting louder like all the yeah. sound effects of the like fingernails clicking and picking at stuff and yeah. tapping all that like it just gets that's the that's the louder. scene that came to my mind when i was rating this you don't usually notice you know the mix the sound mix and, yeah but that scene came to mind i thought oh yeah that was done so well yeah um, and i think it's hard too when you're artificially inflating these sounds to be louder than they normally would. It's, it's easy to go overboard and then it's just kind of obnoxious. Right. Um, so I thought it was a really good mix of like making sure we hear it and it's louder and we get her perception of what's happening and that it's different than reality without it just being obnoxious or grading yeah. um, or at least grading in the wrong way. It's supposed to be a little grading. Um, so yeah, I just thought that that scene, like you said, that, that comes to mind easily as far as, as these kind of categories go. Um, yeah, so I thought this was actually a, a fairly strong category overall. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else um, either of you would like to add? I'm okay. Yeah, I, I don't think so. I All don't right. have any other notes. Um, so my score came out to an 8.4, uh, which is outstanding, largely mm-hmm. because of the, uh, the um, what am I talking about here? The, the score soundtrack and, and storytelling both. Um, pushed it into the outstanding range for me. Yeah, I, I probably could have gone a little bit higher, especially on the storytelling. I gave storytelling a seven. And then looking back on it, you know, the soundtrack played so much into the storytelling. I think I, I should, probably should have bumped that up. But anyway, overall for sound, I gave it a 7.8. Mine is a nine, and mostly because of the music. She I really liked it. Yeah, I'm surprised. <laughs> I agree, but I'm surprised. <laughs> You never know with me, Rachel. It's <laughs> <That is> accurate. <laughs> All right, so then that's going to bring us to the next category, um, which we've kind of talked about a little bit throughout. It's going to be aesthetics. Um, and this one I just love, particularly the, the more environmental aesthetics of um, sets, locations, and props, I thought were, were really solid. Um, you just feel like you're in this little town and everything feels so lived in and so unique and you have especially things like the props you've got like the hamburger phone and the yeah like in in bleaker's bedroom you have like a you know a jewish alphabet hanging on the door and and things like that that just tell you little little bits about the characters um and and just yeah even the the van that she drives that's a very unique design for a van like just things like that that are just really um just, just great. And then especially you, know, you have the, the contrast between uh, between Juno's house and then you see 
uh, Vanessa and, and Mark's house for the first time. And it's so put together and so clean and so like white about <laughs> all the, you know, and just the, the portraits of them on the wall of like the, yes. like yeah. over the top, you know, wearing all white, hugging each other, looking all happy, like the perfect family, like you've got right. all that kind of stuff. Like it's just, just details like that within the set design. Um, I just thought it was really great and, and plays into the, um, the themes of like, you know, the, the social commentary I was talking about before of like, you know, what things look like on the outside versus what actually makes a family. Um, and then a, a subtle detail that I really liked that, that plays into the other theme of like childhood versus adulthood. I love towards the end when she's, um, you know, she's eight months pregnant and she's wearing like a slinky shirt. It's like, slinky, it's fun for a girl and a boy. It's like, what else is fun for a girl and a boy? And it's just that great contrast of like a slinky t-shirt on yeah. a pregnant belly with that slogan yeah. and just like the childhood versus adulthood is, is perfectly spelled out. Just all you need to see is her in that shirt with the baby bump. And um, I thought that was just phenomenal and a great choice of, of costume design there. I liked that a lot. And the belly buttons too. Yeah. <laughs> in the aesthetics, I felt that everything, there was such specificity in, in everything. Everything was placed into the movie with a purpose. And it was, a lot of it was towards what would Juno have? What would she use? What would she own? What would she yeah. drive? Um, and it, it just fits with her character. It fit with the situation. Um, and, and again, the specificity. I mean, who hasn't earned by their front door? Well, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. this, this woman does. And, and uh, you know, that wasn't placed there uh, just to decorate the set. It was there for purpose. It's what this 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 person would want in their home. Well, I agree. There was a lot of that. And there was a lot of things to look at and to give you visual clues. My problem was I wasn't sure what they were telling me because again, I didn't know what time this took place in. There was, yeah. Um, I thought it, it was confusing. There was a lot of stuff and it was interesting, but it didn't tell me what I wanted some of it that, to tell me. Yeah, I, some of that, like when I saw the hamburger phone. Yeah, like, oh, it's, it's the probably, 80s. Yeah, it's probably the first time I thought, when does this take yeah. place? Yeah. Is this the huh. 80s? Um, and it started to, Get, uh, maybe a little bit distracting. Yeah, it did. Because then, huh. then, I mean, I'm a, in the middle of a movie, which I don't usually do, like looking and trying to figure out when this took place, when it was made at least. And yeah. Every time there'd be a clue, like they watch Blair Witch. When when was that movie? Yeah. You know, and you know, we're starting to do research, <laughs> watching the movie, trying to figure out when it was supposed to take place. And yeah. when we really? finally, yeah, when we finally huh. realized, well, it probably takes place in about 2007 when yeah. that movie was yeah. released. Yeah, so. so it's interesting because I watch it and I like I see the 80s phone and I think, well, yeah, teenagers in the early 2000s were obsessed with the 80s. Of course, yeah. you'd have an 80s phone and yeah. like the van. Like, well, yeah, of course, you'd have like a hand-me-down van from from Bren probably. Like, right. you'd have that old right. van. So that makes sense. And even like her clothes, it's like. Yeah, I'm sure she shops at thrift stores because she's in like a lower middle class family and she's a hipster. So of course she goes to like thrift stores and buys like old man cardigans and stuff. Like, yeah. like yeah. I looked at it and it just seems. I like... think it makes sense now, uh, looking back on it with your insights and explanations. Uh, but maybe, watching maybe. the movie through, yeah. um, it was it was, 
And I think I got used to it after a while. It was like, okay, she's just got eclectic taste. Yeah, we're never going to figure this out. Yeah, so it's like, let's just go with <laughs> right. it. It just but, didn't even seem complicated See, maybe to me. because you were kind you of growing up. <laughs> well, you were no. coming of age at that time period, so maybe yeah. those things made more sense to you. But um, it, yeah, see, it just, I just found it confusing. It just seemed very, like, a combination of, of Midwestern, which is stereotypically about 10 years behind, uh, California, it seemed from from what I gathered I mean, from pop culture, and then hipster, which is. I mean, by the two thousands, um, we were having cordless phones and all this other stuff. We weren't having hamburger phones, and I had yeah. one of those see-through phones at that time that I thought was pretty cool. That was yeah, but that pretty was later. That was I don't know. I don't know. I just found it the clues that I think were supposed. I felt like because in a movie, usually things are there for a purpose, and I felt like I wasn't getting it. I don't know. Cam. See, and I thought it was just seemed very authentically. Just like the vibe, yeah. Yeah, well, it just seems Midwestern, lower middle class, teenage hipster. It all kind of added up to me. <laughs> Coming from someone who grew up in California. <laughs> well, yeah, the Midwestern part is more conjecture, but I was pretty, I would have never admitted it, but I was pretty hipster at that age, and I was definitely, I don't know, on that same. Like anything I could get my hands on that was 80s, like that was really big. Yeah, I mean, like I said, the see-through phone—that was that's an 80s thing, isn't it? I want to say that was later 90s. Mm. I don't know. Well, I definitely thought well, it was think, pretty cool for having that lava lamps. I think for me, I have at, a at lava least. Lamp now. <laughs> what time period are you from? I'm so confused. I I I think for me at least. I, I now realize I was probably overanalyzing it, you know, and, and, and then when I got fixated on asking the question, when did, when did this movie take place, then my brain starts going off on that tangent and, and you know, trying to figure it out when it doesn't matter. That's not what this is about. <laughs> That's why so. I think it was confusing for me, because I don't usually watch it with that critical of an eye. It's just right. like, oh, you know, oh, right. really? And someone will point something out right. to me, and it's like, oh, I guess that does make sense, or oh, I didn't notice that, but this was just like... Why is that there? Why is that there? Yeah. And it, I don't know. I just, um, I did find it distracting because then that, I, that's what I was looking at. I don't, I don't remember ever feeling this way the first time or the second time I saw the movie. Yeah, Only this time. Really, um, I'm watching it, you know, trying to fill out the grid and, you know, piece it all together. Um, so I think it's just a matter of overthinking. <laughs> I'm sure it is, but it's. Just I don't usually notice that kind of stuff. And so to notice it and then get fixated on it, it's like, why? Right. I'd like to hear a director's commentary on it sometime. I'm pretty sure there is one. I think uh, Jason Reitman and, and Diablo Cody both do is it a on commentary. Is DVD? Yeah. I have to borrow it. It's been a long time since I've listened to a commentary, but I think that <laughs> one was good. <laughs> Just listen to all the John Wick. One and two on the commentary. There's a lot of filmmaking stuff in there. We'll have maybe we'll have to do a John Wick review. <laughs> the look on your face. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. Um, so, Rachel, you always have something to say about hair. How did you feel about hair in this movie? Um, I actually don't have too much to say. The only thing really of note is that um. Ellen Page actually did her own hair every day. She just yeah. like showed up to set the first day with her hair in a ponytail like that. They're like, yes, do that every day. Um, 
So that's kind of neat, I guess. Yeah. Um, and again, it's nondescript. That could be 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s. I mean, it... It's <laughs> on backtrack. But all of it, I mean, all of it in... I mean, this is my lowest category, and it's because I felt it was confusing and distracting. Okay. I, um, I, I like... Uh, I like Helen Page's hair. Like you said, I thought it was something that you know Juno would would wear. She wouldn't fuss about um, her appearance too much. You know, yeah, she was kind of knew who she was and was fine with that. And that's the way she wore her hair. Very yeah. casual. Very uh, you know, not a lot of work. Yeah. Um, and Michael yeah. Sarah's hair was kind of like that too. It was just sort of hair. He wasn't like you know spending hours in right. a year one of those kind of guys trying to look. Yeah. Whatever that is. Yeah. Um, but that hair could have fit into any time period also. <laughs> <laughs> She's stuck. <laughs> <laughs> and Alice and Danny's hair was pretty nondescript. And I think it probably fit all of them. It wasn't out of place, but it added to my whole overall thing of like, when did this movie take place? You know, maybe it maybe it was okay, we're gonna we're gonna move on, but maybe it was, <laughs> maybe it was the intent of the filmmakers to make the movie timeless. Yeah, and that and, could very well be. I mean I think it also goes back to, to basing it on like Diablo Cody's Midwestern upbringing, yeah. I think. Yeah. Which is which is timeless, right? I mean there's nothing it's it's kind of a mixture of different things, yeah. different tastes, and different eras. So I'm I'm looking up where the movie took place, and it says a fictional town of Dancing Elk, Minnesota. What is Minnesota? Yeah. So and then St. Cloud. Did someone say St. Cloud? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Only like a hundred. Oh, times. that's where that's where the Vanessa and Mark lived. That's why we kept hearing oh, it. Oh, okay. Because she had okay. to drive to an hour right. to St. Cloud. Yes. Okay. okay. Anyway, back to, to aesthetics. <laughs> um, I did think it was interesting um, that you had mentioned before that they, um, you know, they had to film it in, in 31 days. They had all these seasons, um, so they had to try and get everything in. So for things like like the autumn scenes, they would mm -hmm. like drop fake leaves. Right. In there, right. and then uh, and they actually had like a freak snowstorm in March, so right. they were able to film for like three days and actually oh, have snow. No, yeah. so. Um, yeah, so they were able to actually get real snow, which, like, saved the budget, like, a ridiculous amount of money because it's really expensive to make fake snow. So so that helped. But, yeah, so just little things like that I thought really contributed to the um, to the aesthetics that they were able to make you feel like you just watched the whole year when really it was right. a month. Right, right, um, So that was interesting. Um, oh, and I forgot about this note. The hamburger phone actually belonged to the Apple Cody, and she was just like, here, you should use this. I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> I thought it was um, funny in that one scene where she's like hitting it. She goes, "That's my hamburger phone." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. Um, I also liked the last thing that I have of note for aesthetics, as far as makeup goes. I love that, especially throughout the first act of the movie, you constantly see Juno and Leah with like bright blue lips. Or at least, I guess it's more dark blue. Like the inside of their lips are just blue from drinking the slushies constantly. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's several scenes where their lips are just blue, which I thought was a nice touch. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I guess that's that's really all I have to say. Is there anything else? Anything else either of you want to add? I don't think so. No. So, mom, what was your uh, super low aesthetic <laughs> score? 
It's not as bad as I thought after the way you were talking about it. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I thought they did a lot of stuff, and I thought noticed it, which is interesting. I just couldn't get it, like, really super high scores because it was confusing to me. <laughs> okay. I gave it uh, 7.6. All right. I gave it an 8.4. Outstanding for me. Um, so that's going to bring us to uh, the next category, which is going to be impact on a film. Um, and this one, I usually I usually take the lead. But um, is there anything anything either of you want to say off the off the top, or, or mom, did you fill this one out, or did you did you leave this? No, one? I did not because I don't understand any of this. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Tristan always just copies my scores, which is why I usually just automatically take the lead. Yeah, this is your this is yours. <laughs> all right. Dad, was there anything you wanted to say, or should I just, just do my spiel? Well, I I I I've learned something. I've done my first review. Um, so I gave a critical, I, I used your trick, I went to Metacritic and, and took a look at the critical uh, reviews. Uh, so I gave Critical Impact an 8. Okay, me too, for the same reason. Yeah, yeah. Uh, audience and Cult Impact, um, I kind of went with my gut on this and I, I gave it a 7. Okay. And uh, Historical and Inspirational Impact, I also gave it a 7. Again, mostly based on gut. Fair enough. Um, so, so critical impact, like I said, I also gave an eight uh, based on the Metacritic score. Um, for audience and cult impact, um, I don't trust my gut, apparently, <laughs> to, a, to a couple different um, aggregate sites and kind of came up with my own aggregate. I looked at the IMDb user score, there's a, a user score for Metacritic, and there's also a, the Rotten Tomato user rating. So I kind of uh -huh. converted and averaged those three together and, and also came out with an 8 out of 10. Uh, and the historical and inspirational impact. So I gave it a 5 out of 10, largely because um, we had mentioned earlier this was Diablo Cody's like first produced script. And she's had quite the career. I mean, she just had a movie just released um, earlier this year um, that, you know, she's so well and strong. Um, and it kind of kick-started Ellen Page's career. I think it was definitely her first big role. She was in a surprising amount of stuff before this movie, um, but really only, I mean, she was in um, X-Men, one of the X-Men movies before this as Kitty Pride, but had a very, oh, very tiny yeah. role. small role. Very small. And then she was in um, another, I believe it was a fairly indie movie, um, Hard Candy, I think it's called, um, which I haven't seen. I've heard of that kind of tough one to watch. Um, but she was in that earlier, which I think has kind of a cult following, but was not, you know, didn't really get her name out there at the time. Right. I don't think. I could be wrong. Um, so I think this was really, like, her first... It's her breakout role. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so so even though she was in a lot of stuff before this, it really, you know, like, breakout role for her. Um, it was the first Fox Searchlight picture to earn over $100 million, and that's been, like, a, a big haven for, for indie films and having big successes like this definitely helps them keep yeah. making indie films. So that, that was a big deal and um, a big win for indie films in general. Um, and then on top of all of that, which I guess would be more of a historical impact as far as inspirational impact goes, um, I just thought it was a particularly well-told um, coming-of-age story and a particularly well-told story about motherhood. Um, and I think those themes are always going to inspire people mm -hmm. in general, whether it be in, in life or as far as, as storytelling, wanting to tell these types of stories. I think there's just... Um, because they're so based in emotion, I think they naturally, when they're well-told, these kind of stories have an impact in that regard. Um, so I gave it a little bit of a boost for that reason as well. 
Um, so that's kind of how I came up with the, the five out of 10 for that. Um, so then those three averaged out to um, an even seven for me. Okay. Ran back on film. Well, mine came out to 7.3. So. All right, very close. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so that's going to get us to the, the most fun category of the grid, and that's <laughs> going to be overall enjoyment. Um, so what did you guys think? Did you did you enjoy this movie? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed this movie. I did, too. I gave it a nine just because um, I did enjoy it. And, you know, it, it had some viewing it from... This age and this time of my life, it had some things to think about from a different point of view that I, I liked. So I give it a nine. All right. I gave it an eight, but I am now, I'm, I'm bumping that up to a nine. I've changed my All right. Nine for me. All right. That's actually, I also gave it a nine. Um, I really like this movie. This is definitely one, like, I loved it the first time I saw it when I was in my early 20s, I guess. Um, or late teens, I can't math in my head, but, uh, you know, I, I was relatively young and, uh, you know, I definitely liked it then. And then the older I get, you know, it's one of those movies, just no matter where you are in life, you get something a little different out of it and can appreciate it from different angles. Um, I love the, the themes of like the, the childhood versus adulthood and the, the coming of age from that perspective. Um, it's just every single scene whether it be through visuals, whether it be through the plot point, whether it be through something else, <laughs> there's there's something present in every single scene about, like, here's her childhood innocence, right. here's her as an adult, let's contrast these, let's clash it. Um, so it's a really um, just well-told coming-of-age story from that perspective, um, which I just really enjoyed. Um, what else did I like? I liked a lot of things. <laughs> um, um, I also just loved the the family dynamics and seeing, uh, particularly the character of Brian, like seeing her kind of develop from like this stereotypical cold stepmother yeah. into like, oh no, she's like a very, very caring, very maternal. Yes. Yeah. Um, I love that. And, and Vanessa, I think, goes through a very similar arc of like she seems very cold, very distant, very controlling, um, very uptight. And it's like, no, she just has so much uh, so much desire to be a mother and so much love for this child she doesn't have yet but she's so yeah uptight because she doesn't want to lose what she doesn't even have yet like it's it's very um very nuanced and very um develops very naturally throughout the script which i just really um i just think it's so well done and such a good um such a good story about motherhood more than anything else um which which is just it's just great especially for like it's weird because it's a a coming-of-age story about a teenager, but it's also about motherhood, right. even though she's not right. a mother by the end of the movie. Like, it's, it's right. a very um, different take on both of those themes, and I just think it's done really, really well. Um, so for all of those reasons, I, I gave it a nine. Um, did either of you give this movie any extra credit? I did not. I did. <laughs> I, I gave it three points of extra credit. Okay. Um, mostly... Um, for the character relationships, uh, especially between, I think, the father and Juno. Uh, I just, being the fa a father myself, um, I just love the way he, the character, um, responded to that situation. You know, he didn't yeah. lecture, he didn't get mad, he didn't have a fit. He just dealt with the reality of the situation and moved forward and uh, did it so Lovingly, really. And uh, I, I just, I really, really like that aspect of the movie. 
Um, and the other, the other uh, relationships, um, mostly around uh, Juno, Juno with, with uh, her stepmom. Uh, it just, uh, I really like that part of the movie, just seeing how the characters interacted with each other. So I gave it three extra points just for that. All right. Um, I actually did not give this one any extra credit. Um, I considered it. There were a lot of things um, that I liked enough that I considered um, kind of double dipping and giving it a little bit of a boost. Um, things like the music I love enough that I was like, yeah. you know, maybe I should give it a little extra credit for that. Or the themes that I keep talking about or the animation. Like, There's a lot of things um, that this movie did really, really well. And I, I considered double dipping and giving a little extra credit. Um, but then I kind of looked at my final score and and realized it was pretty strong on its own. Yeah. And, and all of those things already got pretty decent boosts throughout the grid. Like, it's already represented that, that I like these things. Um, so in the end, I kind of just didn't feel that it was necessary to give extra credit. Um, so I decided not to. Um, I usually could have. Like I said, there was definitely a lot of things that I liked enough throughout this movie um, that, that it could have warranted some double dipping, uh, but I just chose not to. So I didn't do any extra credit for this That's one. your prerogative. <laughs> All right. So then uh, what was uh, what were your final scores? Mine was 7.77, which I like. But so yeah. she, she did totals differently. I, I did. So it's, it's um, very close to the top of exceeds expectations. All right. So it would be out of 100, it would be 77 point something. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, this time you just move the decimal over. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah. you want to do that, times. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's pretty strong. It's actually not too so far. Seventy-eight percent. Yeah. So what was it? Seventy-seven. Seventy-seven. Seventy-eight. Seventy-eight. Seven. 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 Okay. Right. Uh, mine comes out to well, it was seventy-six point nine, but I bumped up overall enjoyment, so it's seventy-seven point nine. All right, we actually all had wow, a. That's really close to mine. Yeah, <laughs> mine's not too much higher for all the all the categories that seem so high. <laughs> I have an 83.9. You, you, you bumped into the outstanding category, though. So I, I did. Um, I can't disagree with. Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, it's the it's on the lower side of outstanding, but mm -hmm. it definitely, I think that it, it definitely belongs in that category for yeah. me. We're um, right on the border, really. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, we're all very close. Yeah, I could easily go back and adjust a couple of scores, mm -hmm. make this outstanding easily. Yeah, um, and I just I think especially the the script I think is the the biggest thing. Like it, both of both of the writing categories almost got a perfect score for me, um, and I could probably even go back in and make it all perfect, and I I wouldn't feel bad about it. I just think this is a, a phenomenally well structured script, and it tells a very um, complex nuanced story in such yeah. a simple way yeah. um it's just a it's just a great movie and i feel like um like especially when i started getting a lot of critical acclaim i feel like a lot of people kind of uh said the more snobbish cinephiles i think were a little resentful but like a you know silly teen comedy well, type not, thing it's not highbrow like some of the stuff in the awards tend to be but that doesn't make it any. But I think good. it's. I mean, just because it's not like it doesn't take place in the art world and it's not about filmmaking or whatever. Like it's still, like this is a very intellectual and very complex script. Like it's not just because it's right. about a teenager doesn't mean it's not right. intellectual. I think yeah. that's a lot of people's perceptions. It's like, just about teenagers. It's just an indie comedy. Like why did this get? Yeah. 
This is apparently my phone critic voice. <laughs> but I think a lot of people just brushed it off as like, Ugh, it's just some comedy. She didn't even deserve to win. Like, why? Why did America go crazy? This is you know, something we're going to look back on and roll our eyes on in a couple of years when this movie's dated. Yeah. And, and I just don't understand that at all. Because I now we're looking at it 10 years past and it's holding up. So Exactly. Those, those artsy movies that they're looking for, um, I just can't relate. And I think this movie was so relatable on a number of different levels. Absolutely. Um, and uh, if others can't see that, it's just their problem. <laughs> yeah, I just don't understand. I mean, I definitely like some movies that get, like I'm not totally against the Academy's choices, but they need to, to broaden their horizons and let, yeah. let movies like this end. Like it shouldn't be, this shouldn't be an outlier and this shouldn't be a surprise right, that right. that an indie comedy about a teenager can get attention. Um, well, I mean, I know we have, we have Lady Bird that just came out and that, I mean, that's, that's definitely more dramatic than in this movie, as far as, as tone goes, at least content wise, this is a, a very but dramatic. People went crazy for that. So maybe exactly. things are changing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, things are definitely, definitely changing, which is good. Um, and I think that, the success of Lady Bird is a big indication of that and the way critics reacted to it and the way the Academy reacted to it. Um, but like I said, it's also not as funny as Juno and the dialogue is very different. It's still very unique and still very authentic, but very different than this, yeah. um, which I think is kind of what gave it that edge to, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, what was there? Um, my voice is starting to go. It must be time to call it quits. <laughs> was there anything either of you want to add about about Juno before we wrap it up? No, I, I, I'm. I think we covered a lot of stuff. Yeah, we covered everything. Um, I'm anxious to see the movie again this time with the commentary. I'd really like to see yeah. what they have to say. All right. Fun movie. Ho- hopefully, I have the commentary. I'm gonna feel bad if I'm like, oh, never mind. It's not on here. <laughs> All right, so that's going to wrap up our conversation of Juno. If you're interested in learning more about the GRID rating system, you can check out uh, the Gritty Films website over at uh, grittyfilms.com slash the grid. It's going to be gritty films spelled G-R-I-D-D-Y films.com. And uh, if you want to learn how to support Gritty Films, you can check out the Patreon page. That's going to be over at patreon.com slash gritty films. And uh, if you could be so kind as to uh, review and rate this podcast on iTunes, that would be super appreciated and will help us get more listeners. Um, I think that about wraps everything up. Uh, We'll be back next week on uh, July 30th. That's going to be my sister and I talking about a tale of two sisters uh, to celebrate Sister's Day. Uh, So I'm pretty excited about that one. That one's going to be a lot of fun. Um, So, yeah, that's about it. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.